I'm happy to be in church this morning, praise God. I don't know, I just, hallelujah. Like I said, praise God, church is not how much you have. It's not, it's not the amount, it's the quantity. The quality, I'm sorry. Not the quantity, it's the quality. It's where people's hearts are, praise God. Amen. How many love the Lord this morning? Amen. Let me pray. Father, again, I thank you for this morning, for what you've done this morning. And I pray, God, that the Holy Ghost would move here this morning in the name of Jesus. And everybody say amen. 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 Turn with me to 1 Corinthians real quick, chapter 2. Hallelujah. You know, we're living in a time where the church has become so dead. Excuse me. Where I preached some time ago about a, a Paulist church. And you know, I, I'm starting to notice something. People have no discernment of the things of the Spirit anymore. You know, just because a person goes to church, that doesn't necessarily make them spirit-minded. It should. It should be, you, it should be where you go to hear spirit-minded things. Uh, you know, I, I could talk to people that's going to church for years, and it seems like, where are they? I mean, I don't know about you, but man, we're living in a time where it seems like, where's God's people? Come on. Listen, we, we're, not, we're, not in a, 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 we're in crisis in America. We're, Christ, we're in crisis in the Protestant church. I don't want to talk about the Catholic church because that's dead. But in the Protestant church, the, it's, a, there's a crisis taking place. People don't know God. <laughs> or they made a confession of faith, but they never made a profession. See, you, you can confess Jesus, but do you possess Jesus? Uh-oh. Well, Brother Lanny, as I go to church and I sing the song, that's all right and good and fine, but wait. There's something about us we need to know. Are we spirit-minded? Do we think like Jesus? Is, is our, our, our love like Jesus' love? Do we have the discernment that Jesus had? Well, that's Jesus, brother. It doesn't matter. He gave us that ability to think like him. He gave us the spirit to, to believe what, what he said and, and, and accept that in our lives. I have to judge things based on God's word every time. You know, when I look at the world events, thank you. When I look at the world events and what's going on around me, I got to see it like Jesus sees it, right? I got to open my heart to the spiritual mind of God. Are you spirit-minded today? I want to look at verse uh, 13 real quick. And I'm going to read to about verse 16. Everything we have, we receive from the Lord, right? Everything of the Spirit, we receive from God. Listen, I have some things I've, I've learned in this very church. That's still in my spirit today. Some, some words from men of God that went on before us. I can still hear their voices. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I'm not saying they're speaking to me, but the word that they spoke speaks to me. I still judge a lot of things based on what I learned in this very building. Come on. You don't come to church to listen to me, right? Thank God. <laughs> we come to church to receive of the Lord. The Bible says to renew your mind, to transform your mind. 
The mind has to change. The heart has to change. The desires of your, your life have to change. When I became a Christian, I started on milk. Nobody came and shoved me down my throat. You know why? Because I, I couldn't take it. A little baby first starts with a bottle. Come on. <laughs> I said a while back, can you see this? Me standing up with a big old giant bottle, sucking on a bottle. Would that make any sense to you? After I've been serving the Lord for a good while, 30-some <laughs> years, almost 40 years, would it make sense you me getting up here and sucking a bottle? No, it wouldn't. <laughs> I ought to know something by now, right? See, when I was in the world, I judged things according to the world, right? I judged things based on what I knew. How saw everybody else do it, right? Everybody else cussed, I cussed. Everybody else lied, I lied. Everybody else did those things, I did it. Because the world was my teacher. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, look out. <laughs> I learned something. <laughs> After a while, I don't talk like the world anymore. Amen. Amen. You see, my wife knows. <laughs> I don't look at things according to the word, world no more. I judge things based on God's word, and you should do the same thing. Everybody in this building ought to know how to judge things according to God's word, Right? When we judge it according to God's word, then we become spirit-minded, right? What does the Lord say? How does the Lord look at things? What does the Lord want for my life? Okay. Let me read a little bit to you. First, I really crank it up. <laughs> oh, God is good. Not, but let's start in verse 12, okay? Yeah, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Now we, now we have received not the spirit of the world. When you got born again, everything of the world is supposed to have died. And of course, we're still changing, okay? It doesn't mean that you, we have, you know, you, you're saved tonight, okay, today. But you're being saved. What I mean by that, you're changing every day. A little bit at a time, the world is leaving you, Right? So what we received of God, we didn't receive of the world. The world doesn't do anything spiritually to make me get close to God. The world, the world can't tell me how to worship the Lord because it don't know God. See, the things of the world is, the things of the, the, the spirit are foolishness to the world. Right? They can't be mindful of the things of the spirit because they don't know God. Okay. <laughs> oh, boy, I feel like cranking it up a little bit. I won't keep you too long, but <laughs> man, I'll tell you what. <laughs> man, I f listen. Now we receive not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. I'm reading from the New King James. That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. How are we going to know the things freely be given to us by God? Because it's going to say what God says, right? Well, it's just common sense. If, if I'm going to learn anything from the Lord, I've got to listen to what the Word says. If I'm going to learn anything of the Word. Listen, there are people that, listen, every year the Catholic Church reads the Bible through in St. Martin. Remember that? 
But you know what? They don't know what the Spirit of God is. It's a religion to them. They, they, they're not even doing half of what the, that book says. But it looks good, right? It looks spiritual. Uh-oh. <laughs> but they're lost, right? Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. And Jesus was telling him, except the man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So how can these things be? Can a man go a second time in his mother's womb? He said, are you a teacher in Israel? You don't even know these things? Nicodemus could quote the first five books of the Bible by heart. Most of the prophets. And he was lost. <laughs> it's easy to read the Bible. It's another thing to do it. It's not the hearers of the word that are blessed. But the doers. The Bible is not just for you to read and go tell somebody about it. The, the first thing you got to do is tell yourself. You got to tell yourself who the character of God is. You got to tell yourself what God wants for my life. How I got to change my life and adapt it to the word. I told a preacher one time of a church. A pastor. I said, you got to judge your church based on the word of God. I'm going to tell you today, you got to judge this church based on the word of God. You got to judge your own life based on the Word of God. To be spirit minded is to know what God's mind is wants for us. Know what the Lord wants. Okay. These things we also verse chapter thirteen, verse thirteen. I'm sorry. These things we also speak not in not in words which man's wisdom teacheth, but the Holy Spirit. Teach it. Comparing spiritual things, what? Spiritual things. You have to look at, listen, there are some spiritual things in the church that's not of God. Because there's a battle taking place between truth and error. God's spirit and Satan's spirit. Listen, with all that monkey shine going on in the world today, I mean in the church today, listen, I don't know who to, listen, I got to stick to God's word, right? I got to know what God wants. I got to judge spiritual things by spiritual things. Is, is that preaching what he's telling me of God? Is that church teaching what they're teaching? Is it of God? I don't want to be that judgmental. Let me tell you, you better be judgmental. You better judge what you hear. Come on, somebody. Listen, I didn't write this. You better know what you're hearing. You better know what God is saying. You better compare spiritual things with spiritual things. Listen, I can't come to your house and make you do this stuff. You have to do it on your own. You have, to, you have to take this word and put it in your heart on your own. I can only come, you know, an hour a week and, 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 and share the word with you. But you have to learn that the word is not about just saying you're a Christian, but it's about growing in the things of God and in the mind of God and the spirit of God. I wouldn't be exaggerating if I'd say about 60% of what you hear in America, so-called Christian, ain't of God at all. Because you're teaching things they ought not to. When's the last time you heard a preacher use the word holy? 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 Did you sing it this morning? Is the Lord? My Bible says, without holiness, no man shall see God. Oh, brother, the preacher said, I don't have to be that holy. No, you better be holy. You better, hold, you better be righteous. You better be walking in the spirit of the Lord. I know this is tough preaching this morning, but I need it, okay? 
I don't know about you, but I want to know what it is, is the mind of the Lord. I want to know what's in the spirit of God. I want to know what God's saying to Lanny Hayes. Because i got to find out what's, what's wrong with me. If God is not speaking to me for some reason, I want to know. If God is not pleased with me for some reason, I want to know. And you know what? He ain't going to change. So you just assume change. <laughs> He's not going to change his mind. He's not going to change the scriptures for you or me or anybody else. It's God's words. It's settled in heaven. It's not going to change. There's two things we need to look at. What is of the spirit and what is of the world? I, I, listen, I, I, I'm at the point right now, seriously. I want to know what God has to say. I watch people that I've thought for years would have been men and women of God turn their back on the Lord. Turn their back on God. Preachers, singers. I mean, come on. Come on, seriously, there's something wrong. Well, we want that easy gospel. Tell us something smooth and soft. Listen, there ain't too much things. Listen, no, there ain't too much things smooth and soft in these, these, these pages. And the Bible is there to teach us encouragement. It's there to strengthen us. That's not what I'm talking about. But when it comes down to dealing with an individual heart, it comes to dealing with your heart and my heart. God, it says, this is what I have. Well, God, I don't want it like that. It's, it's too hard. I'd rather believe something that I could serve him halfway. I'd rather believe, some, you know, uh, we're, we're all saved by grace and, and, and sin's irrelevant. No sin is not irrelevant. Sin is still gripping the church today because it's turned its back on the Word of God. We preachers are getting divorced and remarried and divorced and remarried. These men ought not be preaching the gospel. Because my Bible says the, the, the deacon or the, or the pastors are to be the husband of one wife. One wife, not seven. Well, you don't feel like, I, had, I heard one preacher say this. He says, well, it's one wife at a time. What? <laughs> so, so if you want one wife for one year, you can get another one next year just so you got one at a time. I said, come on, brother. <laughs> I said, that's stupid. That's not what the Bible is teaching. Because my commitment to the Lord is eternal. I got married to Jesus one time. Right? And that, was a, that, that, that marriage was to stay firm. So if my relationship with Jesus is firm, my wife, my relationship ought to be firm, right? One God, one Jesus, one Savior. Okay, amen. <laughs> Comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit, right? Of God. For they're foolish to him. Or foolishness. He know, come on somebody, <laughs> nor can he know them because they're what? Spiritually discerned. Spiritually discerned. How are you going to judge things? Come on somebody, by the Spirit. How are you going to discern things? By the Spirit. How are you going to examine things? By the Spirit. How are you going to know what God says is the truth? By the Spirit. I'm telling you one thing, Jesus will never, the Spirit will never Contradict that book. I don't care how many people say they have visions of 
different angels appearing and things. You know, you know what I'm talking about. All these different false prophets like the Mormons and the Jehovah's Witness and all these characters here. Paul said, if an angel appeared to you preaching another gospel, don't listen to him. He's a deceiver, right? Come on. If he, looks, if he looks holy and glorious and tells you that Jesus is not the way, he's a liar. Why? That's the, the Bible. That's, listen, anybody that's been reading this book long enough ought to be able to discern what is right and what is not. Well, I'm not a student of the Word. You need to be. You need to know what Jesus has to say. You can't discern spiritual things with spiritual things if you don't know what that book says. I never... I, you know, for years, you know, my brother, Mike, preached here. He, he had a program. He would say, read your Bible, read your Bible. Remember that? And, and, and you know, you go through a little, little bit of the Old Testament one week, go through a little bit of the New Testament, and you had a chance to compare the two, you know, the Old and New Testament. You could discern what was God's will and God's purpose for your life. Let me tell you one people don't read too much. In the book of Proverbs, and listen, I'm going to be strong with you this morning. God hates the hands that shed his blood. Somebody said, well, does he really mean hate? Well, he told by Jacob and Esau. Does he really mean love? God hates the hands. Listen, I'm I'm not a, a, a thing of telling. This is a righteous hate, okay? But just to think that God would use the word hate, even when it's compared, when he's talking about sin, it's scary enough. Listen, he hates a lying tongue. He hates a proud look. He hates he that sowed discord among the brethren. Come on, he hates the hands that shed innocent blood. You got to remember, those things are not, the hands and the heart, it's what, the, what they're connected to. The mouth is what you're connected, connected to the heart. God hates sin with a passion. And we think we can overlook it like it's nothing. We got a problem. God has never changed his mind about this. Is, you know, when you read that in Proverbs chapter 6, I want to say, that's the character of God. I want to hate what God hates. Well, you ought to hate sin. You ought to hate it with a passion. You ought to hate it. This is, you know, the Bible's trying to teach us you're never going to get close to God with sin in your heart. Come on, somebody. He's not going to accept you with a lying tongue and a proud look at he that you're so in discard among the He's not going to accept you. When we look at God's will and God's character and who he is, I didn't write that. The, the Holy Ghost wrote that. The Holy Ghost, why did he say, Jacob have I love, Esau have I hate? You know why? Because Esau had no regard for the things of the Spirit. Esau had no regard for the Word of God. You see, he, he didn't mind selling his birthright. He just didn't want to give Jacob the, the money. The, the, you know, the, the blessing meant he got everything. He got the cattle, he got the money, he got the gold, he had everything Jacob had. But see, he wanted that material stuff. But had no regard for the things of the Spirit. And it angered God because he saw that no, no regards for his birthright. And that birthright always shadows me the born-again experience, all right? If that is not the, the, the picture of the modern church, they're all about, uh, you, you know, you, you, can, you can get prosper and get rich and get all kind of stuff. Nothing spiritual. 
Give $1,000 and God will pay all your debts. I'm going to make you rich. No, he won't. Come on. That's not, listen, I hate to be blunt. There's nothing wrong with sowing bountifully and you get that's not. If that's all we're doing is serve God to see what we can get from God, we got a problem. We're not discerning God's word. Jacob have I loved. Esau have I hated. He hated Esau because he, Esau hated the birthright. Come on, somebody. He wanted the blessing, but not the birthright. He wanted, listen, he, he, wanted the, he wanted the money to go, but he didn't want the cross. You, come on, somebody. Okay. So, Brother Lynn, I got to look at everything based on what Jesus did? Yes. Everything surrounds that sacrifice at Calvary. So, I, listen, when you look at the Word of God, you got to judge everything based on what happened at Calvary. What did it cost Jesus? It cost Jesus his life for your miserable life and mine. God gave up his only son that you don't have to go to hell. He had to, listen, die in your place. I tell people that, I said, them nails were your nails. Come on, somebody. <laughs> those thorns, those beatings were yours. He took your place. He could have called angels out of heaven and just carried him off. He didn't. Where would we be today if he would have done that? Come on, somebody. When he said, Lord, is there any way this cup can pass for me? Let it be. See, there was a flesh side of Jesus, a physical side of Jesus. He didn't want to die. But he said, not in my will. <laughs> Thy will be done. See, people don't realize that Jesus was fighting with his flesh. He was fighting to do his will and God's will. Which one was he going to choose? He chose God's will, right? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let me just read some stuff to you, okay? Because I, I have to write stuff to paraphrase them. The works of the flesh, which are these in chapter 19? And in Galatians, you can turn there. I want to read them. Uh, Galatians chapter, uh, not 19, chapter 5, verse 19. No, there's no chapter. <laughs> hey, you want to hear something funny? I never did it here because I don't want to. One time a preacher was saying, I want you to turn to Hezekiah 3, 4. <laughs> and people were turning their pages. There ain't no Hezekiah 3, 4. <laughs> In the Bible, people going through the index looking for Hezekiah 3, 4. <laughs> I can understand that for somebody that just got born again, but not for an old Christian. Hmm? <laughs> Galatians. Chapter 5, verse 19 says this. Now the works of the flesh are evident, are manifested, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, listen. Lawlessness, I'm reading from the New King James, okay? Idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfishness, selfish ambition, heresy, come on somebody, envy, murder, drunkenness, revilings, and of, of, and of the like of which I tell you beforehand, and just as I told you in time past, those which do such things or practice such things shall not inherit.
the kingdom of God. You know, we, we can do like many religions and, and sell salvation. Well, if you put so much in the, in the offering and, and mark down how much, and salvation's on sale this week. You can, you know, you know, come on, we can make that up, right? We can, we can make another gospel. But it'd be lying to your face because if you're full of anger and wrath and jealousy and envy and murder debate, all these things hinder you from getting in the kingdom of the Lord. So why do we read this kind of stuff? Because God wants to examine our heart. Come on, somebody. God wants us to see our heart. Do I fit in any of these things? Am I, is this part of my life? Is this, is this what I think and feel? I know this is blunt, but it's the truth. Listen, we ain't got time for fancy preaching. It's time we realize this is just the rubber meets the road, man. Seriously, if there's sin in your life, get it right. Don't just sit there and make as if it's not real. Oh, my preacher said, I just got to say a little sinner's prayer and I'm going to heaven. That's not going to happen if there's no heart change. If there's no heart change, there's no salvation. Come on, somebody. If there's no spirit change in your life, if there's no desire after you got born again to serve God, well, the preacher just said I had to say a little prayer, and that was good enough. No, it's not good enough. It's a start, but it's not good enough. If there's no change. There's no salvation. If there's no desire for God after you've said that little prayer, there's no, there's no God. Listen, <laughs> I told my story when I was 12 years old when I came here one first time. I remember. I remember as a little boy, and, and all these old gentlemen were here preaching and stuff. And I was not too far from where you've said. I remember sitting there God, I remember. I was right. and, and somebody said, somebody wants Jesus. I got up. I prayed. And you know what? I couldn't quote a Bible verse to save my life, but something had happened inside. I knew I was going to heaven. Nobody had to tell me. I was born again. Of course, I backslid on God. And after we got married, me and Janice, we came back here. You know, but I knew something was different. I could, I could feel it. I could, I, listen, who am, how can I spiritually discern the scriptures or whatever? I was just a 12-year-old boy. But the Holy Spirit <laughs> did something in my heart. The Holy Spirit put a seed in my heart that I knew there was something about this God that they were preaching about. And I understood if I give my life to him, I'd be saved. It's, I, I just didn't have somebody, you know, say what well, you say because you said these, these words. No, it's not, it's not about just words. It's about where your heart is, right? And he says here, where was that, y'all? <laughs> Verse 19, right? Okay. Verse 20. And it goes on, idolatry, hatred, contention, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition. Heresy, envy, murder, drunkenness, revilers, like a, such I told you beforehand, and I told you in time past, they which practice such things shall not inherit. But the fruit of the Spirit, okay? Watch. Now you see, you, you, you're, making a, you're making a change from the flesh to the Spirit, right? The fruit of the Spirit is this. Love. Joy. Peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And it says, and against such there is no law. See, the law don't need to tell you 
these things because you're born again. These things became part of your life. Now the law tells you that you sin, what sin is, but I'm saying is that if you do these things, the law has no control over you. That's what he's saying. <laughs> if, you, if, if your heart is changed, the law has no control over your life. It, it, it has no dominion over your life. As long as you right now are born again, loving Jesus and serving him with all your heart, you're, you're saved. Listen, there's things I would never do today that I would have done real easy when I was lost. Because something, I transformed from the flesh to the spirit. And I'm still transforming from the flesh to the spirit. Because sometimes my flesh gets in the way. My flesh wants to do what it wants to do, right? Come on, somebody. Flesh, flesh, flesh. Jesus said to crucify that thing. Paul said it. A new man. Not to follow the old dictates of the old man, but you've been renewed, okay? Watch. You don't have to turn there. First Corinthians, I'm going to just paraphrase from chapter 6, verse 9 to 11. Sin, but that you know that sin, you've been justified by the, the, the repenting of your sins. I, I come into the Lord. You've been justified by the blood of Christ. Listen. What saved you? I mean, how were you born again when you confessed that Jesus Christ died on the cross? The blood of Jesus justified you and sanctified you by a simple confession of faith in what he done. That sounds too simple, right? I thought I had to write, uh, get the books on how we got to be baptized in a certain name and how the, we got to dress in the clothes. That, listen, things happen, praise God. When you get born again, that, that dress code's going to change. Come on, somebody. The way you think is going to change. Everything's going to change. But you got to start at the beginning. You got to start with a simple confession of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. A simple confession that Jesus died on the cross and accept that and say, I'm going to live for you, Jesus. And realize, you know, most people come to the Lord and they don't have no understanding of what they're doing when they're praying. Come on, somebody. They just think it's a prayer that makes you feel good. That's not true. Come on. The old things are passed away. Behold, all things. From that point on, everything in your life is going to change. Because of the Holy Spirit coming in and trying and working to get rid of the flesh out of your life. The dictates of the flesh are evil, man. Listen, they got people today, and I never saw so much young people in prison. I watch the news, I, I look at them, and they're in prison, shooting 13, 14, 15, 18 years old. Just, just, well, what's going on? Because there's nothing of the Spirit happening in the world. I mean, the church has got the Spirit, that's what I'm talking about, but I'm talking about the dictates of the world. Don't look to Washington to give you spiritual advice. Come on. <laughs> Don't look, don't look to Congress and senators and don't look to, listen, it's not going to happen. Because all they see is what the desires of the flesh. I'm going to shock you. Don't look for some preachers to tell you spiritual advice because when they start saying that they want $24 million for an airplane and you know what I'm saying, they got six or seven of them or maybe more than that already. They're nothing but filthy lucres, man. They can't give me no spiritual advice. What are you going to tell me how to live for God? How are you going to tell me to believe God to, to, to flee sin? 
to walk in the spirit. How are you going to tell me? And all you there begging for money to supply your luxurious lifestyle. You don't have the spirit of God. If that message ain't about Jesus and him crucified, if that message ain't about changing your life, come on, somebody, about living right with God and living a holy life, turning from sin, then listen, it ain't right. You see, this is going on the internet. See? I, I noticed in our little podcast, Sermons from the Swamp, we're getting quite a following. I think over 2,000 people have listened to the sermons coming out of this little church. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> you know, so I, what I'm saying to you, I'm saying to somebody else that is listening. The word is going out. The word is going out. The word is going out. The Spirit of God wants to move. God loves you. He wants you to learn how to live with Him. He wants you to draw close to Him. He wants you to, to fellowship with Him. The Bible says light cannot have fellowship with darkness in the book of James. There's no way God's going to live. Go meet you on the dark side. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Or he'll call you out of the darkness. But he's not going to go and live with you in your sin. That's carnal. That's fleshly. Paul was dealing with the, in 1 Corinthians, they were arguing about their favorite preachers. Come on, somebody. Said one said, I'm Apollos, one I'm Paul, one of them Cephas. God don't want us to argue about a favorite preacher. Hallelujah. He called them carnal. You're carnal-minded. You're carnal-minded because you put your faith in what a preacher has to say. You better trust the cross. You better trust Jesus and what Jesus has to say. Were you baptized in the name of Paul? Come on. Were you, come on, somebody. Were, were, listen, that's what I'm talking about. I feel his presence. It's about Jesus. It's about following what Jesus says, right? Now, because you got a certain preacher, you can... You could say I'm part of his ministry. Come on. You can follow me around one day. You're going to find out I ain't a perfect preacher. <laughs> I got to go to God constantly. Lord, help me. Help me, Lord, to live for you. Help me to serve you. I can't do it in my own strength. I can't follow you in my own strength. There are things God tells me to do I can't do in the flesh because the flesh don't want to do it. Hallelujah. In Colossians 3, 5 says, Put on the new man, which was made in the image of God. Come on, somebody. He didn't say, say a prayer and keep the old man. He said, put on a new man, crucify that old man. Lay it aside. Put it away. Kill it. Ouch. <laughs> that old man always wants to stick his ugly head out of the ground sometime. Kill it. Look what God says and kill it. Put it, put it asunder. When it tells you to do something that's contrary to the word of God, kill it. God didn't say that. The devil said that. That's what the devil said. Remember Peter was coming and, uh, you know, Jesus asked, who do men say that I am? He says, 
Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. You see, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but my Father. Didn't the Lord tell that to Peter? But a verse over, two over, that comes Peter. You know what I'm saying? The Lord was going to tell him how he was going to die on the cross. And Peter says, that ain't going to happen. Not so, Lord. He said, get behind me, Satan. For flesh and blood has not revealed. <laughs> my father, come on. Get behind me, Satan. For you don't care about the things of God, but what's of this world. Peter wanted Jesus, but he didn't want the cross. You hear what I'm saying? Peter wanted Jesus, but he didn't want the sacrifice. Peter wanted to sit with Jesus on the, uh, judging the, nation, the, the nations of the world, but he didn't want the sacrifice. I'll go to church, and I, I want all them blessings. Give them to me. Send them my way. But they don't want a, a sacrificed life. See, Peter thought Jesus was going to overthrow the government of Rome. That's why Judas betrayed him, because Judas realized he wasn't going to do that. See, Judas was looking for a seat. Judas was looking for some control, power. Come on, somebody. He wanted, he wanted to be in power with Jesus. But when he found that it wasn't going to happen, he said, well, I'm going to get some money out of this deal. And he betrayed Christ. Lord Jesus, I don't know if you're listening. <laughs> Listen, we have to accept the sacrifice before you're going to get anything else. Hallelujah. First Corinthians 3, verse 1 says, I fed you with milk because you was not able to contain milk, uh, meat. You know, what was the argument? Why they couldn't eat meat? Because they were arguing about who their favorite preacher was and who they, their, their, whose ministry they were under. Paul said, you missed it. Paul very clear said that one sow it, one water it. But God brings the increase. Not Lanny Hayes, not you. Somebody puts the seed in the ground. Somebody waters it. But God makes it grow. Some preachers, may, they think they're the ones that make it grow. They don't. The one I just quoted. That was in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. <laughs> Romans 8, 5 and 6 says that, let me, let me turn there for a minute, okay? I'm not going to keep you too much longer. Are you spiritual? Are you spirit-minded? Chapter 8. Listen, you're either under, the, under the, the penalty of the law or you're under grace. See, the law exposes sin. The law is holy and the law is just. The law is to tell you what sin is so you can come to Christ to be forgiven, right? That was the whole, that was the whole thing of the law. But the law can never save you, right? As holy and as just as it wants. Listen, when you're going through something, you need encouragement. Ask the law to wrap its arm around you. No, all the law would do is judge you. The law would say, well, if, if you break these, these commandments, you're dead. Death is in the law. Paul said, what I thought to be life, I found nothing but to be death. Brought death to me. So the law, the law said, this is God's character. This is what God feels about sin. 
And if you break that law, you're dead. There wasn't too much, there wasn't too much forgiveness under the law for, you know, like I said a while back about, you know, this making other gods before you. You couldn't offer sacrifice for that because they would kill you. There was no sacrifice for committing adultery. There's no sacrifice for dishonoring your father and mother. And on and on. Because there was no hope outside. The law could never bring redemption. It only told you what sin was. And Jesus came and fulfilled the law. See, he was the fulfillment of the law. When he died on the cross, he fulfilled the law. Now, you can either be on one side or the other. I know some preachers get mad when I say that, but I am not sanctified by the law. As holy and just and as righteous as it is, I'm sanctified because of the blood of Jesus. Because the law told me what sin was, and I repented. Sin has no more dominion over me. Now, I could choose to be under the law. I'd much rather be under the law of grace. Because nobody could barely keep, even keep the law. The only one that kept it perfectly was Jesus. But everybody else failed. Without no cross, the law kills you. <laughs> Without no cross, you're dead. <laughs> Without no blood, you're, you're finished. There's no hope, right? Now, you see, the thing about the law is that the law had a, had a set rule. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. Like I said many a time, I said that's not ten opinions. Those are ten commandments. This is what you don't do. Or you pay the price, right? But listen to this in Romans. Chapter 8, verse 5. I want to start in. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those according to the Spirit set their, their mind on the things of the Spirit. But to be carnal-minded or fleshly-minded is death, right? And it made it very clear that if you put your mind on the things of the flesh, you'll die. And you won't know God. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnal-minded is dead, but to be spiritual-minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is an enemy or... Against God. It, can, can, it cannot agree with the things of the Spirit. Come on, somebody. You can't take what's carnal and make it spiritual, right? It's totally opposite. How many of you got, got out, get up in the morning and you say, well, should I do this? What, what, you know what I'm saying? You, you, does, what does God want me to do? You never got in the, get up in the morning and you feel that battle taking place already? You know, the, the battle between the flesh and the spirit, I've had it happen almost every morning. There's some things right now I'm believing God for. I, I, I'm with the peace of God about. And I find a battle taking place. The flesh says, oh, just go get it somewhere else. Don't, just don't worry about God. But the Lord said, you trust me and put your faith in me. What's happening? There's two things warring in my mind. The law of the flesh and the law of the Spirit. I'm going to tell you something. And you listen to me good. Those two can never come together. Oh. <laughs> listen. Those two can never agree. There's either, either you're going to either follow the one or the other. 
right? But he says here, where was that? I lost my spot. <laughs> well, I read verse 6. Let's read verse 6. For to be carnal minded is death, but to be spiritual minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is an enemy against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor can it be. Come on, somebody. So then those that are in the flesh cannot, cannot. I didn't write that. <laughs> oh, listen, I think God will be pleased if I do this. Well, is it flesh? Is it you? Is it for your glory? Is it for your Listen, listen, I can ask yourself a question. Am I doing what, am what I'm doing pleasing the Lord? Is it for God's glory or my glory? Is it, for, is it for God's, you know, come on. So you ever done that? I had some, I, I was listening one time. I was sitting here one time and I and had something tell me something. And I asked myself, is it God speaking to me? Majority of the time it wasn't. Because I had, you know, I realized that if it self, it picks me up, it brings glory to me, then it's not God. See? And you better be cautious when you call something of God or say something God said. And it's not. That's dangerous grounds to be on. The Bible says if a prophet prophesy and it don't come to truth, then you know he's a false prophet. Come on, somebody. Because the spirit of, the spirit of, of truth and the spirit of, of the flesh can never agree together. I, I, this is me, okay? I ask myself a lot of times, I say, God, who is this going to bring glory to? Come on. Who is this going to puff up if I say something or do something? or You know, the other day we mean Brother Allen and the Lord and Boogie and Gene went to, to uh, Homa. And, and I was thinking about those poor people that lost their houses and stuff. And the Lord told me, said, and I knew it was God because nobody got no glory from that but the Lord. Nobody left a card said, come to Quarter Home Full Gospel Church. Nobody said, look at me. I'm we're just me and Brother Allen, but Lord and Gene and Boogie. And I felt God tell me, he says, son, I realized that hurricane didn't come over here. <laughs> and he says, you, I showed you grace. Now you go show those people my grace. And he said, go show you Lanny's grace or anybody else's grace for that matter. Because it's about Bringing God glory, right? The flesh will never glorify God. The flesh will glorify self. Self. We have a, a, a thing in America right now. We, we call it self-worship. We, we, you know, a lot of times we see, well, you know, you ever watch? <laughs> I don't want to get off of that. <laughs> Some of these people, it's all about glory of self. Look on TV. Look what such and such is doing. Look, 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 look how this one is doing that. You notice something? I told Janice that this week. Look at the commercials. When's the last time you heard a commercial about Thanksgiving? Notice. Not Thanksgiving, just around the corner. What is Thanksgiving? It's to glorify and thank the Lord for what he's done, right? Put your TV on. Usually you have Thanksgiving commercials, big turkeys, and they might have one or two, but I mean, it's jumping right over there and going straight to Christmas. 
The most important holiday of the whole year is to give God thanks for what he's done in your life. And they're pushing it out the door. Because we cannot in this world give God glory. We don't want people to think that there is a God. And then we have to give him glory. But they're going to find out there is one. And you know what? They're going to bow one day whether they like it or not. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. There ain't one person on this planet, I don't care how atheistic he is, I don't care how evil he is, is not going to bow before him. Come on, somebody. Makes me mad. I get mad sometimes. Sometimes I get fleshly too. (laughs) But spiritually, I noticed that. I said, Jen, when was the last time you saw a good commercial about Thanksgiving? Because they're doing their very best to push God out. But you know what? He's going to push them out because this is his world and his planet. He owns this place. It ain't, it ain't for man. It ain't for the governments of the world. It belongs to him. The earth is his. The universe is his. Everything that we... is his. And you don't want to be found pushing against him. <laughs> the worst thing you want. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, any man in Christ becomes a new creature, right? His old things have passed away. But listen, I tell people that when I share, share Jesus, I said, any great? I said, every sin you've ever committed from the time you were born to now, God puts it away. It's forgiven. Oh, I don't know, bro. Listen, I don't care what, how bad it is because that's God's grace, <laughs> That's, the, that's what the Lord wants for us. He wants us to live sin free. He wants us to live free from the flesh. Right? We're to follow Jesus. We're to live with his mind. His, let's, we're to see what he sees. We're to hear what he hears. Come on, somebody. I know that's an old-fashioned message, but it's the truth. I, I can't change it. In times past, you walked according in Ephesians chapter, uh, I have it written down. I'll just let you write it down. Chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. In times past, you walked according to the dictates in the course of this world. But now, you walk according to God's word, according to the spirit. See, there's a separation there. When you get born again, the old man dies, all right? We've got problems keeping his ugly head in the ground, but he, he's supposed to die that day. That's, it's a brand new start. Life didn't begin when you were born. Life began when you were born again. Because you were born in sin. Your whole life changed when you were born again, when you gave your life to Jesus. That's the point of your history. I don't want to know about my history. The sinful history that I have. I, wanted, I don't want to sit down and tell my children about that. Because there's nothing to brag about. I remember two men, <laughs> listen, boy, they, they, were, they were having a discussion, and I, I was listening to them. Oh, let me tell you what I used to do, brother. Man, I was a drunk, and I was a this, and I was a that. Hey, let me tell you what I did, brother. I was this, and I was, who wants to know what kind of sin you lived your life? I said, sitting there and bragging about, and these were Christians, bragging about how bad they were, and how they were running around, and how they did all these bad things. Keep it to yourself. Seriously. Why would I want to boast about my past sins? Rather forget them. Bible says God puts them as far as the sea, the east is from the west. And the sea of forgetfulness. Why would I want to go bra- 
about when I was sinning against God. How stupid, huh? But you know, that, that was an arrogant thing. That was a prideful thing. I, I was a bigger sinner than you. Let me tell you how God forgave me. I was a bigger sinner than you. Let me tell you what God. No, God don't care about your biggest sins. We're always going to a road to hell. Hallelujah. We're always destined to a destruction. Why would I want to talk about it? And the flesh sometimes likes that, you know. Let me see how I can make my story sound better than yours. You know, you ever get in it? Listen, I've been in that stuff already. I've got caught up in that spirit already. It wasn't God. I must destroy my family. God help me. I must destroy my wife. Destroy everything that could have been, that, 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 that I have today. If I'd have made these stupid decisions about the sin life and I want to give my life, she wouldn't, wouldn't be here. We wouldn't have children. We wouldn't have the blessings of God. I wouldn't be preaching right here before you this day. If it wouldn't have been for Jesus. Wouldn't have been for the, the spiritual birth that I took on. Amen? Amen. Turn with me, and this is it, chapter, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. Let's turn there, and I'm going to read it, and we're going to close, okay? You say, well, this is kind of, no. You, listen, you can't do this in your own strength, okay? Believe me, I've tried. I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. You can't win this walk or walk this walk in your own willpower. There has to be a born-again experience, all right? There has to be a change. When I sit down and think about my past life, I'm so ashamed. How? When I look at things today and I see the way that we're, How? We've got more churches in America than any other country. Where's the people of God? Where's the preachers? Where's the church? Where's those that's going to stand up for righteousness and holiness? Something has to take place, okay? Verse 22, that you put off concerning your former conduct or your former lifestyle. That, you know, when we look at the word conduct or we look at the word conversation, I don't mean the way you talk. It means the way you live your life. That's what it means. That form of conduct, that old life, that old man, put it off. You can't live for God with the old man, right? You can't follow the Lord with the old man. The old man which grows corrupt. Now listen to this. The old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitfulness or deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed means to be, to, something has to change. What you have there has to go out. Come on, somebody. The life you're living right now has to die. Well, if, you, if you're just getting born again. When you got born again, if you still feel the same way you felt when you were, were living in this world, you need to get born again. If there's never been no change, there's been no renewing in your mind, something needs to change. You know, I look at this, okay? That's, that's our lives, every one of us. What do we feed ourselves more with every day? I'm going to talk spiritual flesh, okay? What, what are we feeding? Look, we put our television thing on, what are we watching? 
put the radio on, what are we listening to? Come on. I mean, we like, we like, do we like to spend more time with gossipers or those that have the gospel? <laughs> you know, you look at this stuff and you ask yourself, why am I so drawn to sister so-and-so is talking about sister so-and-so? Why am I attracted? That's flesh. I want some juicy story, right? A lot of times because of jealousy, selfishness. You want, you want sister so-and-so, brother so-and-so to fall or fail. So it attracts you. you know what I'm saying? It attracts you to, to the conversation of things that are not of God. Why are we listening to things that are not of God? Because it's called flesh. All right? It says it here. Let me get back to my spot. <laughs> it says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, verse 23, and that you put on a new man. Brother Blackie used to sing that song. I'm a new man. I'm a new man. You know? And you know, you see, I might still have the same old name or the, I might look the same old way. But inside, I'm different. Right? My life is different. There's some people that, are, that love the Lord. When they tell me, man, I used to be an alcoholic. I used to run around. I said, how? Oh. I said, it's like you can't imagine that for them because they're living such godly lives. I said, I would never thought. I would have never thought that that person was, because I, I see the conduct that they live now. You don't, you, when I came over here for the first time, I saw some good conduct. Seriously, I didn't ever thought. I never thought people would tell me, you know, Berlin, I used to do this. And I, oh, come on, for real? For real? Because their conduct was different. You understand what I'm saying? Their talk was different. They talked about Jesus. And when I came here, me and my wife, that's all I was hearing. Seriously. There was gossip going on. I didn't even know what was happening. So it's just time I, I just believed everybody was going to church and saved. Everybody was, I was, you know, of course it wasn't. But of course, that's what I wanted. That's what I thought. And, and I thank God I, I didn't spend more time listening to, I wanted to hear Jesus, okay? I would listen to the preacher, we'd go back home. Come on, somebody. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Flesh got in the way, because sometimes me and James would come to church arguing. <laughs> you know, we say things about each other. You know, you shouldn't. Y'all all done that once in a while? And we come to church, listen, I'm going to be comedic with it. I come, hello, brother. Oh, how you doing? I love you, sister. And I've just been hollering at my wife. <laughs> come on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, listen. I don't have, listen, I ain't going to hide it. You know, one, day, one time I was lost yet. <laughs> okay. Okay. Be renewed in the spirit. But after a while, now I'm not saying we don't still get in arguments. Listen, I'll be lying to you. The flesh still wants to stick its ugly head up. But it's not what it used to be. All right? And it won't take long before I'm sorry, Jen. I'm sorry. I should have never said that. See, when I was lost, I said she deserved that. I told her what I thought. But when God gets a hold of you, let me tell you what I think. <laughs> oh, look, let me tell you what I think. I'm going to tell you a story I told many years ago. It was in here. 
we were just serving the Lord, and I was going, <laughs> I was working, driving a truck. And her feet was all hurting her. I remember that. She was hurting her. It was bad. She could hardly walk. I got in there in a big shot. I said, I want a sandwich. I want you to fix me a ham sandwich. And listen. Huh? Egg sandwich. That's what it was. Egg sandwich. Well, she said, Lenny, my feet are hurting. I got mad. I slammed that door. I'm going to fix my own egg sandwich. <laughs> Look. I can't burn, I can't burn, I burn water. <laughs> I can cook an egg. <laughs> listen, and I'm, listen, I, I'm most self-righteous, man. I'm getting the toast out and toast me some bra, I'll fix my own sandwich. The Holy Ghost said, you big dummy. <laughs> you can hear, you can laugh. That's what I heard, you big dummy. And listen, I'm trying to be a, trying to be spiritual and just fix my own sandwich. And then I was getting cut to the pieces, man. God was just dealing with my heart. So I, she was still in bed and, and I went by the door and I said, I'm sorry, and I slammed the door. Bow! <laughs> but <laughs> that wasn't enough. <laughs> I got in my truck. I, 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 I was funny now, but I was trying to sing and didn't help. <laughs> I, was, I was trying. Amazing grace. Oh, that, that, that Holy Ghost. Yeah, we'll give you some amazing grace. Hallelujah. <laughs> When the saints, because oh, I got squeezing me, man. I, I, I was training to sing those songs. Then I got on the phone, and I got back in the head. I said, Jan, I'm sorry. I love you. Forgive me. All of a sudden, I was all right with God. But it, you know what? It it, flesh don't want to admit he's wrong. Flesh thinks he has a right. You have no right to sin against God, or you have no right to sin against a, another person. It's sin, all right? I wish I could say anything different. I made my mind up. If I'm going to preach this gospel, I'm going to preach it like God says to preach it. Okay? The problem with <laughs> the problem with us is us, right? Like I said, don't look for the definition of that word. There's no such word in the dictionary. I made it up. <laughs> us is the problem. Us is a selfish. Us is a rebellious sometimes. Us is a stiff neck, uncircumcised in heart. Us is not the, we the problem. I'm going to tell you what I think of you. Well, good. Get it off your mind because <laughs> it ain't much. <laughs> I can tell you what I think about myself if you want to hear it. <laughs> Amen. Let's stand up praise God. Listen, there's a lot to talk about in the gospel. The hardest one is talking about us. Hmm? Well, let's preach about something else. Let's preach about when Jesus is coming back. Let's preach about prophecy. Let's preach. That's all good stuff. I'm not knocking. But when us has got a problem, that ain't going to help us. <laughs> Listen, as a little guy I know, a little black preacher from St. Martinville, he's an apostolic. And he believes water baptism, the formula of Jesus only. And I, I went to haul some dirt for him, and he has a, 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 a sign. He calls it, uh, his street is called Acts 2.38. Acts 2.38 is a fine verse. I'm not knocking Acts 2.38. You know, it says, if you be, uh, repent and be baptized for the remission of sin, you shall, and you shall receive the Holy Ghost. You go read it. See that? You got to be baptized to be saved. That's not what he says. I said, without John 3.16, you could forget about Acts 2.38. 
You can quote it till you're blue in the face, till, till you do what John 3.16 says. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes should not perish, but have a lasting life. Acts 2 or 38 ain't going to do you a bit of good. <laughs> you, got to, you, can't, you can't build. You got to have the foundation before you build. Right? Got to know where it starts. God so loved the world. God gave his only son. Come on, somebody. There's a lot of people out there preaching, picking verses out of the Bible and making the foundational verses. There ain't no foundational verse greater than John 3.16. None. None. That's where it starts. With God giving his son, right? Don't let somebody try to detract you from that. Listen. This is the way. Jesus said, I am the way. No man comes to the Father but by me. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for what you're going to do this morning in each one of our lives, Father God. And start with me, Father God, that I can live a spirit-minded life, a spirit-heart life. God, help us to see your perfect will. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name.